0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to God's Word for Life. I'm your host, Jonathan McClintock. This is episode number 59. This is a lesson companion podcast, so for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to grab your Living Word Summer 2021 Lesson Manual or Student Workbook and turn to lesson number one, intended for June 6th. 2021 the lesson entitled without controversy for those of you who are not word of flame curriculum customers we invite you to grab your bibles sit back and let's dive into god's word together all right before we look into god's word together if you want to go ahead and turn there we've got three different sections of scripture we want to look at we want to look at first isaiah chapter seven and then isaiah chapter nine And then in the New Testament, 1 Timothy chapter 3. Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, and 1 Timothy chapter 3. But before we do that, if you think about it, if you flip a coin, you have a 50% chance of guessing whether it will be heads or tails. If you play rock, paper, scissors, you have a 33% chance of guessing the right response. If you guess a number between 1 and 100, you have a 1% chance of guessing the right number. But let's make it more difficult to guess the right answer. Cover the state of Texas knee-deep in silver dollars, all 268,597 square miles of it, and mark one of those silver dollars with a sharpie and ask a blindfolded man or woman to find the marked silver dollar on the first try. The possibility of that happening lives just outside the gated neighborhood of Impossible. According to Peter Stoner, retired chairman of mathematics and astronomy at Pasadena City College, that outcome would be the probability of Jesus fulfilling just eight Old Testament prophecies about himself by chance, a probability of one in 100 quadrillion, the number one with 17 zeros behind it. The prophets predicted Jesus would be born of a virgin. In Bethlehem, from the line of Abraham, and from the tribe of Judah, he would be called Emmanuel, spend a season in Egypt, and follow a forerunner. Over 200 more prophecies predicted his incarnation, his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. If Jesus was just a man, those prophecies would have fallen unfulfilled. But he was not just a man. He was God in the flesh. And he was on the throne, even when he was in the manger, on the cross, or in the tomb. What an incredible thing, these prophecies that have come true. We're going to look at some of this as we look at this passage of Scripture, and we look at this lesson entitled, Without Controversy. The focus thought, Jesus' identity is without controversy in the apostolic church. Why don't you turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 7, and let's look and see what God's Word would have to speak to us today. All right, let's look at God's Word here together. Isaiah chapter 7, let's read verse 14 of Isaiah chapter 7. It says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And let's look at Isaiah chapter 9 and one verse there. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And then also let's turn and look lastly at first Timothy chapter three and verses fourteen through sixteen. Verse 14 says, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And verse 16, and this is our focus verse, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Let's look at these verses together. And the focus thought we're going to kind of uh, see played out here is Jesus's identity is without controversy in his church, in the apostolic church. The identity of Jesus is without controversy. It's clear to see in the scriptures who Jesus is. I know there's a lot of scholars, so-called scholars and people that would try to debunk who Jesus was and try to say he really wasn't who he claimed to be and he really wasn't God. And But when we look at Scripture and we see the claims that he made plus the actions that he took, the prophecies that he fulfilled in his life, we cannot help but come to understand that he is who he says he was, his identity, that he was God manifest in the flesh. Let's look at these scriptures here. Isaiah chapter seven, the first one, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel, we see interpreted in the New Testament to mean God with us, that God is with us. So if he's going to be called, his name's going to be called God with us. We see from the very outset, the prophet Isaiah says it's going to be God that comes in flesh. He's going to use a a virgin. It's going to be a miraculous birth. It's going to be a child that's born by a woman who's never known a man, uh, in 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 that type of way. It's, just, it's going to be a miraculous birth. What can in this verse? What can we learn about who God uses? Uh, who who, what can we learn about who God uses by looking at this verse if he chooses to to use this 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 virgin girl we can see that there nobody's perfect Uh, that God doesn't use the perfect but he often chooses to use the pure God doesn't use the perfect but he often chooses to use the pure this idea that she was a virgin signifies that she was pure that she had had not been uh, had not been living in a way that was that was ungodly or unrighteous had not been living in a sinful manner a sinful way and she was pure she was a pure young lady so God we can see this throughout Scripture God doesn't use the perfect God chooses often to use. Those whose hearts are pure, those whose lives are pure, those are at least seeking to live in a pure, godly, righteous way. We ought to desire, we're never going to reach full perfection where we never make a mistake, we never do the wrong thing. Hopefully as we grow, we do less and less of the wrong things we've done in our past. We start doing the right things, making the right choices, but we will always make mistakes, we'll always mess up. So, God does, but God doesn't use the perfect. God doesn't use those who never make mistakes. If that was the case, He would never use any human being because there's no human being that is perfect. But God does choose often to use the pure, those that are seeking to live purely and holy and righteously and godly. Not that they've earned anything, but they have kept themselves in a way so that God's spirit can flow through them. God, I mean, we've talked in the past, God has to deal with sin. God has to judge sin. We've seen that through the minor prophets over the last several weeks of this podcast. We've seen how God always chooses, has to judge sin, but God chooses very often to use the pure, just as we know that this verse points towards Mary in the New Testament, that Mary was chosen. She was a virgin. She was a pure young lady, and God chose to use her to give this miraculous sign to the world, and through her would come the Messiah, would come Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. It would be through her that God would manifest himself through flesh. So we see God doesn't use uh choose to use the perfect he often chooses to use the pure let's look in these next several passages look specifically at the identity of jesus christ isaiah 9 6 this is a prophecy again another prophecy concerning the messiah to be born jesus to be born For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder and his name. Again, here we see about his name. In Isaiah 7, 14, his name was called Emmanuel, God with us. Here we also say his name shall be called, Isaiah writes, wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Counselor. His name shall be called the Mighty God. So people are going to call this son People are going to call this Messiah, people are going to call Jesus the mighty God. Interesting, huh? People are also going to call this son, this child born, this son that's given, they're going to call his name the everlasting father. They're going to call his name the prince of peace. So what does this verse say about Jesus' identity? There's, to me, there's two things that stand out. People don't have a problem calling him wonderful. People don't have a problem calling him counselor. In some translations, some people put those together, the wonderful counselor. They don't have problems calling him the prince of peace. We see that. But some people have a problem calling him the mighty God and the everlasting father. We see, though, Jesus' identity, he is to be called the mighty God. Jesus was not some demigod. He was not some uh, some lesser than God. He was the mighty God, the one that stood on the brinks of creation and spoke the worlds into existence. John tells us, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. He is the mighty God the mighty God. Jesus is the mighty God. But he's also, we see here, he is the everlasting Father. People like to separate, and wording in the New Testament can become confusing when we see it in the English. They would, But they would like to separate Jesus from the Father. They would like to separate Jesus was the Son, which he was the Son, but they wanna say he was not the Father. It gets kind of confusing when you use these these terms, but the, Isaiah prophesies that he will be called the everlasting Father. Jesus said, looked at his disciples in John fourteen, and he said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." Philip's like, "Show us the Father, Lord." He said, "You've seen me, you've seen the Father. What? How do you say and show us the Father? If you look at me, you see the Father." Isaiah tells us, prophesied, he would be the everlasting father. If we have no problem with him being called wonderful and wonderful counselor, no problem with him being called the prince of peace, then why do people have a problem with him being called the mighty God or the everlasting father? He is the one true God. He is the one true God. If we've seen him, we've seen the father. Jesus said that himself. He told the Jews in John 8, if Before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. He has been from the beginning of time. He has been God. He has been Father. He has been Creator. He has been Mighty God from the beginning of time. So we see that about his identity in Isaiah 9, 6. Now, here we see the unfolding of his identity in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Let's just look specifically at verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. So there's a mystery here. Great is the mystery of godliness. So the mystery of godliness is we can't really understand who he is, right? this mystery of godliness those that would uh, those that would proclaim and teach the idea of the trinity you if you've heard them explain it before you just have to accept it you can't really understand the trinity so you can't really understand Who God is, the nature of God, you can't really grasp it, right? You just have to accept accept it. By I've talked to former Trinitarians, and they've said that. you, you, You can't really explain it. You have to just accept it by faith because great is the mystery of godliness. Is that what Paul is talking to Timothy about here? That you can't really understand the nature of God and who God is, and it's just a mystery. You just got to accept it by faith. That's not what Paul is telling Timothy. Paul says here, great is the mystery of godliness, that God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. The mystery of godliness is not, it's a mystery and secret who he is. What is the mystery of godliness? It's not a secret of who he is, who we can't really know. We can't really understand. We can't really know um, the the nature of the Trinity. We can't really understand it. It's just a mystery. That's not the mystery. Even Isaiah prophesied he's going to be the mighty God, the everlasting father. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus said before, Abraham was, I am. Jesus told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. That's not the mystery. He did not keep his identity a mystery. Now, at the beginning of creation, he kept his identity a mystery. He began to unfold it as he, as, uh, from the beginning of time, he was just known as, as Elohim, as God. As, and, and then, and, and then he, he slowly began to proclaim who he was to Abraham. He was Jehovah Jireh. To, to, and throughout the history of the Jewish nation, he began to reveal more and more. But the Bible says the prophets longed to know his name. They longed to know his name, but then the angel stood before Mary and said, you're going to have a child. You're going to call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus, meaning Jehovah, has become our salvation. Jesus was the name of the mighty God. Jesus was the name of the Old Testament God manifest in flesh. This was not a mystery to know who God was. Paul said, the great is the mystery of godliness. The mystery is this, how Did God become flesh? Try to explain that to anybody. You tell me how God Almighty became flesh. How did God manifest himself in flesh? How did that all happen? That's the mystery. That's what can't be explained. But you can definitely know who Jesus is. You can definitely come to understand who Jesus is. He is the mighty God. He is the wonderful counselor. He is the prince of peace. He is the everlasting father. He is the great creator. He is the healer. He is the deliverer. He is the one who can set you free. He is our salvation. He is God with us. That's who Jesus is. Without controversy, Jesus' identity is without controversy. Why don't we thank Him right now for His goodness and His mercy? Why don't we thank Him that we know who He is? We're going to pray in just a moment and thank him for that. But I want you to take this understanding this week, and I want you to, first of all, let's think back to Isaiah 7. Let's seek to be pure. We can't be perfect, but let's seek to be pure in all that we do. And not only seek to be pure, but let's understand that when we call on the name of Jesus, we are calling on the name of the mighty God. When we call on the name of Jesus, we are calling on the everlasting Father. When we call on the name of Jesus, we are calling on the only one who can heal and save and deliver. You know who Jesus is. You can know who Jesus is. Anybody by faith can know who Jesus is. Now, it might be a mystery till we get on the other side of how God actually became flesh, how he manifest himself in flesh, how he did this because he's God we will may never know until we get to heaven but you can know who Jesus is you can know who you're calling on you can know who you're praying to and you can pray to the mighty God in Jesus name you can pray to him Let's thank the Lord together, God. We are so grateful that when we call upon the name of Jesus, we are calling upon the name of the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, the Wonderful Counselor. We're thankful that we're calling on Emmanuel. We're calling on Jehovah Jireh. We're calling on Jehovah Shalom. We're calling on Jesus. Jehovah has become our salvation. Thank you for that revelation. Thank you for that understanding, and thank you for the power that is in your name, God. Touch each one listening today. Let. walk in the power and understanding of who you are. Let them walk in the power and the authority of your name. Let us seek to live pure lives. Let us seek to live righteous, holy lives that will please and honor you so that your power can flow through us. Bless each one listening today. Let your hand rest upon them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast